0: It is a sport as old as man itself. From the ancient Greeks to the British Empire, all the way to the Gracie family, men and women have partaken in this art of combat with the promise of honor and glory in mind. Now WFUV Sports will bring you into that realm with in-depth analysis and opinions on the goings on in the world of boxing and mixed martial arts. This is the WFUV Sports Pound for Pound podcast. We've been on a bit of a layoff here, Tom.
1: Yes, we have. It's great to hear that intro again.
0: Oh, you you have no idea.
1: <laughs> it, that, it was like oh. just it was like been so long, and then I finally heard that intro again. I was like, it's great to be back in the Pound for Pound studio.
0: Indeed, it is the Pound for Pound podcast on this Friday, December second, twenty sixteen. Amazing, it's December already. And like Goldberg, we are back and ready to dominate again. Did you see that, by the way? I saw you. What did you think of that?
1: I don't know because I don't follow it that much. But what I, what I do know is that ever since Brock Lesnar came back to WWE, he's been dominant. I know he ended the Undertaker streak at WrestleMania. He beat up John Cena at SummerSlam. So he hasn't lost in a long time, if I'm correct. And then you have Goldberg come in and beat him in, what, two minutes maybe? less, uh, tops, less 26. than two minutes minute 26 I, I don't know i don't know i'm sure if i'm okay with a guy i guess they're both part-timers but i'm not sure if i'm okay with goldberg who hasn't wrestled since 2005 or 2003 or whatever or even earlier than that to come in and destroy brock lesnar i don't know about that i was a,
0: that i mean there aren't many legitimate draw jaw-dropping moments in wrestling anymore but that was one of them mm. uh you can if you want my take, hit me up on Twitter, at Real Uh We're not, <laughs> not going to talk about much wrestling today.
1: Can't create a uh, WWE podcast, according to our executive producer.
0: But uh, we have not done a recap yet. We were off last week for the holiday, and we have yet to recap the most important fight and the craziest fight of 2016. Regardless
1: of the decision, the best fight of 2016, boxing-wise...
0: I'd say my f- choice. I'll have to re I'll have to go back, and we'll do our year-end awards.
1: Right? Maybe if uh, that's just Carl a blanket Frampton statement. Yeah.
0: And Leo Santa Cruz, right now, I would think are the f- the slight favorites for my fighter, fight of the year awards. Well, we'll see. Well, but <sighs> Andre Ward and Sergey Kovalev, where do you even begin?
1: Where you begin? I think first of all, like I said, it's important before you even look at who you had winning that fight, I think it's important to recognize that how rare we have these moments in the sport of boxing, especially in recent years, where you see the two best in the world fighting each other at the same weight. It's something that you don't see that often, a fight coming together. And for me, and I bet for you, even if you don't think it's one of uh, the best fight of the year, it's one of the best fights of the year. And I think it was Really entertaining and really fun to watch. I have it fresh in my mind because I just watched it again uh, to really get a thought on the decision coming into this. But, again, I think that's the first thing you have to recognize before we get into this decision stuff.
0: I think that this fight, first of all, kudos to both men for putting their undefeated streaks and their legacies on the line.
1: The best fighting the best.
0: And put it all out there and leave everything in the ring. And both men did that. To to perfection, uh, a few weeks back. So let's get into the fight first of because I think this fight is a little bit like the movie Inception. It needs multiple viewings. Oh, for sure, it needs multiple viewings. I, I had to I watch it, it
1: twice, and I don't even think that was enough.
0: Who? All right, let's go through. Let's let's get your initial thoughts, and then let's go through the rounds each a bit briefly.
1: Yeah, cuz I think that's the best way on to look at this.
0: On your viewings on each on your first and your s- whatever it is, your your second or third viewings, who do you believe won the fight?
1: I actually got it pretty similar both times. I still believe after a couple of viewings that Sergey Kovalev won that fight. I have him on this most recent viewing, I have him winning 115-112, but the big point for me is I can see A couple of rounds and as we go through these rounds where the judges could have rationally given it to Ward so I don't think the decision is that crazy having Ward win by one point. It's a little weird to me that all of the judges had unanimously a point ahead for Ward. I would have expected at least a split decision in a fight like this where there were so many close rounds but I have it Kovalev but I could see how Ward won that fight and we'll get into that when we talk about some of these rounds.
0: Now we will get into these rounds, and after the fight, of course, Max Kellerman, the great analyst, made his case for that to not be a bad decision. He said, he, he made the claim that, you know, Ward won all the rounds that you could have given to him.
1: Um, I, I don't even, I don't know about that. And
0: I don't know, and I am going to be honest, I think that Ward...
1: Oh wait! On the actual score card? on the actual cards, yes. Oh yeah! Yes. On the actual card, yes. he won every toss-up round. That's how he wins after getting knocked down but in the second.
0: I think that while Kellerman is on point for the most part, he still short—he still, I believe, short-sighted Ward's performance in a in a sense by by saying that. It well in what way? By saying that he that he got all the breaks on the cards, I think. And you know what? Spoiler alert! On second viewing, on first viewing, I, I my head blew up. Well, I had no idea who won that twelfth round.
1: Twelfth round was one of the rounds I was going to mention. I had that. no idea. It could go. Either we'll way. get to the
0: twelfth. Yeah. I mean, on first viewing, I had no idea who won the twelfth. And on second viewing, I gave it to Ward, and I gave the fight to Ward.
1: See, I, that's where we differ because I gave it to Kovalev. The I 12. think, and so did Howard Le- uh, Howard Letterman on the broadcast. Uh,
0: Howard was... Letterman had a terrible card; <laughs> he had an <laughs> awful card. Yeah, I I oh, disagree with him on a few rounds as he had well. A terrible... That he gave
1: to for some reason he was favoring Kovalev a lot. But, in but that by saying, but fight.
0: how? Because he because he moved forward.
1: Right. Who cares That if was, he all, that was all he kept saying was that Ward kept moving backwards. Yeah, he's moving backwards. But that the way Ward fights is that he'll move backwards, but then every once in a while, or more than every once in a while, he'll snap a shot to the body. He'll fighting. He was fighting in close a lot as well, landing some great body shots, especially in those seventh through ninth and tenth and eleventh rounds. So you <laughs> and you know Ward
0: what? Kept, Ward's best round, by the way, the ninth round. Harold Letterman gave it to, to Kovalev. To
1: Kovalev, yeah. What was he watching? That one was probably the one that astounded me the most. I was watching that, and I audibly out loud said to myself, wow, that's Ward's best round. And then I see Letterman's card come out that he gave it to Kovalev, and I was like... All right. And and kudos to Max Kellerman, at least, on the broadcast for being like, I'm sorry, we'll agree to disagree on that one. I did not give that one to Kovalev. All
0: right, so the fight begins. First round, uh, feeling out round, Mm -hmm. but Ward wobbles excuse me kovalev wobbles ward with a jab that carried the round for him it's i thought it was a pretty clear round and i have the punch stats by the way right in front of me um ward excuse me kovalev uh outlanded ward 7 to 5 in the first round 3 to 1 in power shots i thought that was an easy round easy to score. round
1: because in those first rounds in a way they're kind of difficult to score because you just look for the one or two punches that stands out because they're so they're feeling each other out,
0: and it was clear that that Ward never has never felt the power of of a guy like Sergey Kovalev. And before. in that
1: first round, he lands a jab that that wakes him up, and then it, from that first round on, he knew what the power was like. So a pretty easy round, like and then said.
0: obviously the second round was the knockdown. Like 10-8 so rounds, there was ten yeah. eight right there, and at that point, we were thinking, oh man, maybe the jump in weight. Maybe the layoffs after all these years, maybe he's finally caught up to uh, the son of God.
1: Yeah, Ward uh, was playing right into Kovalev's game plan. Kovalev wanted to jump on him early. That's a power puncher's mentality as opposed to a pure boxer with great conditioning like Ward. It was working out perfectly for Kovalev. He couldn't have asked for a better first two rounds. Now
0: we get to the third round. Our first point of contention. On first viewing and second viewing, I gave that round to Andre Ward.
1: For me, it was it was Kovalev. I thought that he
0: snapped his head, Kovalev's head back, with a couple jabs. He outlanded the crusher five to four in that round. Not exactly a high octane round. High output, yeah. So obviously five to four. Five
1: to four. That's the point of contention right there. I
0: think that Ward landed the cleaner shots in that round, and I gave that round. To Ward. Now, two of the three judges gave it to Kovalev. One gave it to Ward, and Letterman gave it to Kovalev. Right. So, Uh, Along with myself, who
1: also gave it to Kovalev. For me, I, I thought, and we'll get into this in the later rounds, that Kovalev really began to fade from the sixth round on, at least. And at this point, I still think Kovalev looked like the more confident fighter in the ring. He was fighting more like the more confident fighter. And I think that came across to the viewing public and to those judges like Letterman and the two other judges that gave it to Kovalev. And it came across to me as well. And if there's a one-punch difference in a round, obviously there's going to be some points of contention. Yeah.
0: So then we get to the fourth round, and that fourth round was carried by Sergei Kovalev in a fairly... Simple matter. The fifth round. The fifth round was the round where Andre Ward started to go to the body.
1: That's where he started to go to the body, and that's—I have in my notes here for round five, Andre Ward wakes up. And this was the first round where he, he woke up and started going to that body the, using, some, using his left hook and using some of the weapons that he continued to use that entire fight. So that was the first round I gave to Ward, and I, I think pretty decisively, what, as decisive as this fight can get.
0: And, what Ro, and Roy Jones said that in the later rounds of the fight, and those, and he was right that the body shots were starting to wear— on the crusher.
1: And I actually think that played into the scoring as well uh, in the later rounds in terms of the judges giving the later rounds to Ward instead of Kovalev because Roy Jones mentioned that those body shots are really starting to take effect on Kovalev like you mentioned, and that took some of the snap away from his punches. I think in the later rounds Ward had a lot snappier punches that were a lot more eye-catching to the judges as well as he had the crowd in his favor. The crowd was reacting every big punch Mm -hmm. that Ward Made not in Kovalev's case, so I think that helped him as well.
0: So to recap, the judges' cards at the end of four rounds, two judges had the fight 40 to 35 all four rounds for the Crusher with the knockdown 40 to 35. The one judge, Glenn Trowbridge, uh, had the fight 39 to 36. All three judges, actually no, Trowbridge gave the fifth round to. Uh, Kovalev. Now that's a curious so, one. Yeah. Both all three judges, after five rounds, had the fight forty nine to forty five. The fifth the sixth round comes in and I thought it was a bounce back round for the crusher.
1: I also have Kovalev winning it, but I could also point to this round as one you could have given to Ward. And I think this was a, a round that Max Kellerman mentioned, along with the fourth round that he believed that he could see going to Ward, and I could see the six going to Ward. They both were landing some eye-catching shots, and that was the theme of a lot of the rounds, is that both of them were landing these shots that the judges could see, but I think Kovalev landed more in this round, and obviously you agree with me.
0: And two of the three judges gave that fight, they gave that round to the crusher. Right. So at the end of six, judges John McKay and glenn Trowbridge had this fight 59 to 54 sergei kovalev and judge bert Clemens had the fight 58 to 55 sergei kovalev that was the round and i had it at that score at that point giving the third round to andre ward so yeah so the at the seventh at, round comes in at this in.
1: point i had uh 5 rounds to 1 for kovalev and by the way
0: at this point, it, through six rounds, Kovalev outlanded Ward in four rounds, and Ward outlanded Kovalev in two rounds. So you can take those scorecards at that statistic with that statistical uh, stat as well. It's a redundant to say statistical stat, but yeah. <laughs> what, whatever. But before uh, so, so seventh round comes. What were you gonna say?
1: So instead of going through seven, eight, and nine, I'm just gonna go through. I gave seven through nine all to Ward. Because at that point, from seven on, I was starting to think, okay, Kovalev is looking like that racehorse that wants to lead from the front. And now he's starting to fade. And that now is... the thoroughbred Ward is coming into his own now. And I thought he was on his way to winning the rest of the rounds, the rest of the way through. But we'll get into the tenth in a second. But seven, eight, nine, I thought was pretty easy for me giving it to Ward.
0: And I, uh, and, I and I 100% agree. Those were war, Those were the three easiest rounds to score. For the SOG, as said by the VOG, the voice of God. <laughs> Look at that. that was yeah, good. and, and despite slick. despite uh, Howard Latterman curiously giving the ninth to Kovalev, Ward outlanded Kovalev. That might have been his worst Ward out, round
1: decision-wise. Ward,
0: Ward outlanded Latterman. Kovalev 17-11 uh, to 11 in the ninth round uh, and 9-7 to seven in power punches. The crowd was he going controlled nuts that round. for that round as well. All three judges... Gave the ninth. All three official judges gave the ninth round to Andre Ward, as they did the seventh and eighth. All three judges gave the seventh and eighth rounds to Andre Ward. So, on that score, on my scorecard, at this point, it was a tied fight, eighty-five to eighty-five.
1: Yeah. So I. You had it that, one.
0: Po- we who had it one more round for Kovalev.
1: Exactly one more round. Four rounds for Ward and five for Kovalev.
0: So the tenth round comes about, and I thought that this would be the. And I thought it was the moment where Kovalev was finally going to right the ship, and he did.
1: It. That's exactly. Yeah, I took the words right out of my mouth. He surprised me a lot in round ten because, like, like you said, I thought Ward was going to cruise to the to the rest of this fight and come back in that great comeback story without this decision that was contested but then Kovalev comes back and ha- makes it even more difficult on these judges comes right back and lands the more significant shots in that round not and wins to say, the round wins the round not to say that Ward didn't land in that round I just thought Kovalev outpunched him in terms of some of those power shots well
0: he wins the round everywhere except on the judges scorecards all three judges gave the 10th round to
1: Andre Ward. And then there's your statistic right there that sticks out. I don't see, I just cannot see that all three judges saw that for Ward. How? I, I'm sorry. I don't see With that either. With both of us saying that Kovalev won that the round. Same... Not going to say that Letterman is a good Resource in this situation, considering he gave the ninth to Kovalev, but the tenth, even they mentioned on the broadcast, Max Kellerman said he could see giving the tenth to Kovalev. He couldn't see it in round nine. I get that some might have given it to Ward because he didn't land he nothing. He landed some good shots in that round, but how do all three judges give round ten to to K- Ward? I, I can't don't believe know.
0: That. I don't know, but uh, you know what? Two of the three judges gave round three to Kovalev, and I thought that Ward. Won that round. So, you know what? A lot of it evens out yeah. throughout a fight. Uh-huh. So, the 11th round comes, and I thought that Andre Ward won the 11th round. Uh, and, by the way, the ele- all these rounds are, s- are so, so close. So close. Yeah, there yeah. were one, two, three, four, five, oh, my God, six rounds where one fighter only outlanded the other. By one punch six
1: rounds wow. yeah I, I didn't even know that but I knew coming into this just each round was so close and so difficult to score that I can't get that mad at the judges for disagreeing with my scorecard because this that statistic alone <laughs> says it all it, it's such a close That's fight
0: unbelievable so I thought that Ward uh, did land the cleaner strikes in, in 11th, the 11th yep, round um, I agree which in my mind not in yours, of course. In my mind, that set up a tie for me through 11 rounds. Mm-hmm. And which, I
1: had one extra round for Kovalev being the third. That so was it. I
0: said at the first time that I watched the fight, I watched it with my dad, and I told him at the time that this round would decide the fight. And did it? <laughs> This was the closest round of the fight. Mm-hmm. This was easily the closest round of the entire fight the first time i watched this round i w- i just my head exploded
1: it was an awesome round but then you didn't know who to give it to and uh obviously you know what the decision was i had was. to
0: put the second time i watched it i put as i had to do like the zapruder film on on this round the punch that Kovalev outlanded Ward by one punch, thirteen to twelve. Ward outlanded Kovalev in power punches, eleven to ten. They were really Jeez. no. J- there were really no jabs uh, thrown. There were no
1: jabs in that round. That's for sure. At the end of when I,
0: when I saw it the second time, I gave it to Ward. I thought he landed the cleaner shots. I, I thought he landed a couple left hooks. I thought he landed a body, and I thought he carried the round.
1: Try trying to remember it. I think the beginning of that 12th round, I think Kovalev came out quicker to start it, and I think he landed the more significant shots, at least in the first half of that 12th round. Then Andre Ward comes back and lands more significant shots, gets the crowd behind him. The crowd is getting so loud in this final round. It's just It was so hard to score, as you mentioned. The power shots and the regular punches, both separated by one punch. I just think it really depends on person to person. And for me, it was Kovalev. For you, it was Ward. For the judges, it was Ward.
0: And two of the three judges gave the 12th round to Ward. Burt Clemens, uh, the veteran judge, had the fight 105-103. Ward, going into the 12th round, uh, already having the victory clinched for Ward. And he gave that round to Kovalev. The other two judges, John McKay... And John McHale, excuse me, and Glenn Troveridge had the fight tied through eleven. So obviously, people were upset. Uh, some people on social media were outraged. I was baffled by their outrage personally.
1: I was, yeah, I, I was baffled as well because even though I scored it for Kovalev, people were reacting as if it. It wasn't even possible that Ward could have won this fight, which I blows my mind. I, I, how could you say in a fight where it was separated by six rounds with one punch separating them? How could you say it's Kovalev one hundred percent? It's not possible that they could have given it to Ward. I don't consider this a robbery for Kovalev.
0: The final punch stats: Kovalev outlanded Ward by ten punches. Ten punches. One twenty-six to one sixteen. If you take away the second round. For Kovalev, where he scored the knockdown, it
1: would be Ward having that edge by three. Exactly. I think Kovalev won that fight. I have him on my scorecard winning that fight, but it's very, very close. And I could see, like I said, how they could have scored it for Ward. And,
0: and by the way, let's dispel the notion that politics played
1: a role. That it was the American fighter against the Russian. The, and three, three American, American judges.
0: judges. Give me a break. You know what? I love Jim Lampley. Yeah, why would he say that? He's, I, why would they peddle that that garbage?
1: That's not, I mean, come that on, garbage. It's not. This isn't Rocky Four IV uh, against uh, Ivan Drago. I don't think these judges me care that he's Russian.
0: That the vet. That these three judges, the three most the game,
1: experienced
0: yeah. judges in all of boxing in all of Las Vegas. You're telling me that all of a sudden, after scoring all these fights, that they're gonna develop a. a Patriotism and and screw Sergey Kovalev, the undefeated world champion, like that.
1: Come on, man! I, I, yeah, I, I think that's <sighs> it was really stupid. Jim Lampley is he's been doing this a long time. Sometimes he tends to have a flair for. The dramatic, I guess, is the word, and it leads him to say some things like that to try to add some sort of added element to it. I think we could have done without that. I don't think there was any bias involved. I think it was the close, one of the closer fights of the year, one of the closer high-profile fights. Of all and it, time. And it could have gone either way. I mean, it's, it, it's not the judges it's not the judges being biased or making a terrible decision i don't think ward winning was a terrible decision it wasn't like one of these obvious timothy bradley manny pacquiao oh, decisions God. this could have gone either way and that's why you look at the i the second time i watched the fight on youtube you look through the comments 50-50 kovalev ward every other comment is is someone else giving the fight to the other so it's right down the middle i think opinion-wise the only point is I think everyone who watched that fight, it was 50-50 in terms of who they thought won. That's why it kind of surprises me that it was unanimous for Ward. I would have really expected a split decision.
0: Well, you know what? At the end of the day, we saw a classic. And at the end of the day, we will see it again.
1: And I, you know, you could say all you want that this decision hurts boxing. No, How could God, no. That? This fight helps boxing immensely. It was the most hyped fight of the year, and it actually lived up to expectations. How could that hurt boxing? This wasn't Pacquiao Mayweather snoozing around the ring for 12 rounds. This was a real boxing match, the best versus the best, and it could do nothing but help the sport.
0: So, yeah, Sergey Kovalev will will certainly use his rematch clause to try to get his unified light heavyweight championship belts back and... What a matchup that will be again. and Can't wait. On that note, let's move on uh, to the other fight uh, that was this past weekend. What we thought would be a clash similar to (laughs) Ward and Kovalev. (laughs)
1: They even said that. Between
0: two undefeated world champion and former world champion, Vasily Lomachenko and the x man, Nicholas Walters... (laughs) Whew. <laughs> oh, my goodness.
1: Let, let, let,
0: we we got to talk about Lomo first before we get into all the garbage. Right,
1: exactly. And i that's exactly what I was going to say, that I didn't want how Walters behaved at the end of the fight to overshadow this technical boxing lesson that we were treated to by Vasily Lomachenko. He shut out Walters beautifully. Only thing that Walters had coming in as the power puncher was that right hand and Lomachenko neutralized it from the first minute of the round. Walters wasn't throwing anything, pretty much. He was covering up the entire fight because there was nothing to throw at because Lomachenko's defense was so good. Also, his positioning in the ring, just cutting off Walters the entire fight, putting his punches together. He's someone—they were were, uh, on the broadcast comparing him to uh, Pernell Whitaker, who was an amazing defensive fighter, and so is Vasily Lomachenko. But I think Lomachenko has the potential to be even more talented because of how great he is at putting his punches together. So both great defensive fighters, but maybe in the future Lomachenko could even surpass Whitaker.
0: It looks like he might, he might be the best fighter in all of boxing after that performance. He took a—this was the fight that we all wanted to see in the featherweight, super featherweight, l- lower junior divisions. lightweight divisions— yes junior the, the WBO called it a junior lightweight I title
1: just fight. I just like to cleanly just call them the lower weight classes <laughs> yeah. you know?
0: This was the fight that we all wanted to see the best against the best again And this was a squash match
1: as they say It was
0: wrestling. Oh my god that was as good of a boxing clinic as, as you'll ever I've see, I've ever seen yeah. in my life
1: It it was he treated us to a great boxing show and against no scrub Walters Knocked out Nonito Donaire, one of the premier names in the lower weight divisions for the past five years at the least. He was on the outskirts, at least, of the pound-for-pound top ten rankings, maybe 12, 13, 14, that sort of range. So he was no chump, and Lomachenko made him look like uh, who Billy Joe Saunders is fighting this weekend, the (laughs) 31st-ranked contender in a title fight. (laughs) Oh,
0: boy. So I tweeted at the time that... You know, Walters, he was down 4 nothing, 5 nothing, 6 nothing on the cards. Still he's undefeated. He's never really been—he's he, he crushed everyone for the most part. He's never been in that position. I was worried that he would lose his head and get frustrated. And <laughs> guess what? <laughs> he quits on, I guess not technically the stool, but he—, he Didn't
1: um, answer the bell.
0: He did not answer the bell. He wasn't hurt. He wasn't injured. Not in the slightest. He had just taken a beating in the seventh, but he had no chance of winning that fight. And by the way, this was after he held out for a bigger payday.
1: Yeah, and that takes us to his quote-unquote explanation for not answering the call after the seventh round. He blamed it on the fact that Lomachenko has had... More fights recently oh, than Walters. God. When it was whose he, fault is that? When it was his own choice, because there is an article on Bad Left Hook about uh, Walters giving his reason why he didn't answer the bell, and he said, "I haven't been active. I haven't fought in a really long time. It would be a different story if I had a couple of tune-up fights." That's it's your own fault. You wanted to get the most money possible out of this fight, and you paid the price for it.
0: What a joke, man! You know what? His reputation has deservedly taken a hit. Yeah. After that,
1: deservedly, absolutely, he killed now, his reputation.
0: I think that fight could have definitely been stopped at that point after the seventh round or the eighth round. He had no shot. He wasn't even landing any punches. He was getting pounded. But, yeah, but it should not be. He, if I was the corner, I'd probably stop it. Right, but cause... I be- because to protect the fighter, and he was going to get shut out.
1: Yeah, he was on his way to getting shut but out, and that, if you're Walters, yeah.
0: you had to have some pride. That's you're like,
1: undefeated, James. I think we're so we've been doing this show for so long. I think you keep taking the words right out of my mouth because that's pretty much what you said is exactly what I was going to say. The seventh round, by that point, he was getting shut out. It was seven nothing on everyone on Earth's scorecard, even Howard Letterman. And the seventh round was by far the best round for Lomachenko. Walters was completely neutralized. Lomachenko was not afraid whatsoever of Walters just going forward, shot after shot, knocking him around, absolutely dominating that seventh round. So you could honestly see that that fight was going on its way to a stoppage, but you let your corner stop the fight. You don't stop it yourself. Fighters are not built to do what Walters did. I'm sorry. Most fighters, whether it be in UFC and MMA in general or in boxing, they don't have it in their DNA to want to give up, and that's why I think it was so jarring to see Walters give up, regardless of him being blown out on the scorecards. <sighs> all right, let's.
0: Uh, yeah that that was that was just ugly. That was just ugly, ugly, ugly. It was ugly
1: if you were a Nicholas Walters fan, that's and for
0: sure. with that, let's get to a couple of news and notes. Um, first of all, we've got tomorrow night the ultimate fighter finale tim elliott the former ufc fighter won the show and his reward is fighting demetrius johnson <laughs> i guess it's a reward but
1: yeah what would you say the uh, the odds were for that one this Jim? is
0: unbelievable and i mean it's not unbelievable but minus 1000 <laughs> That is the biggest odds I've ever seen in a UFC fight.
1: And you said you mentioned before we went on air that the you've seen it a couple times in boxing. Oh, I've seen thousands. I've seen it in the thousands. Three thousand for Mayweather Ward over Andre Ward was a minus Burrell. three.
0: Uh, not Ward. Uh, Mayweather was a minus three thousand favorite on Berto. I don't even think they should have posted that line. That well, to be honest,
1: to be honest, that was the
0: they probably a not, rightful number. They that. should not have post. They should not have even taken bets for that fight. But nonetheless, this. I mean, I I guess it's different for the UFC. I guess it's you know what he's beaten Johnson's beaten everyone. Well, uh, why not?
1: Why not? And you know maybe it'll draw some interest from people that have watched the Ultimate Fighter. But Demetrius Johnson, the number one pound for pound fighter in the UFC. You win this competition, and you get fed to this monster in Demetrius Johnson. Like you said, it's a reward. You're fighting for the championship of the world, but not really when you're fighting someone as dangerous as Demetrius Johnson who has annihilated his division since winning the title. If Tim Elliott defeats Demetrius Johnson,
0: I will sing our intro song (laughs) on our next Pound for Pound. I will actually do that. All right, now I'm rooting for Elliott. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you now you have to. Yeah. And so another uh piece of news. Our good friend, our first guest ever on the Pound for Show is El Terror Jimmy Rivera. He defeated Uriah Faber in stunning fashion back in September at UFC 203. Yes, 203 in Cleveland. And he has now been set up. He is now ranked fourth in the UFC fighter rankings. He is now slated to face Brian Caraway in at UFC Fight Night, uh, which is beat which is headlined by BJ Penn at UFC Fight Night in Phoenix in Jan- on January fifteenth. I'm pumped as all heck for that one. Jimmy Rivera, I think, could win that fight, and if so, he is the either the number 1 or number 2 contender for the world championship. He, his rise is stunning.
1: Yeah, it's great because you had Jimmy get rid of the old guard in your eye favor 203 and now he has a chance with uh, Brian Caraway to really like you said launch himself into the upper echelon of the division. Caraway coming in uh, winning a couple fights in a row, both by decision, so both of these guys twenty and one for Rivera, twenty one and seven for Caraway. So it's it's very possible. It's a winnable fight for Jimmy Rivera, and we'll break it down as uh, the weeks go by. But I, I like you said, I think it's very possible that Jimmy Rivera could win this fight, and if he does, it's very possible that we could see him as a household name in the coming months in the UFC.
0: Absolutely, and I don't think he would get an immediate title shot after he after. A- If he beats Caraway, I don't think he'll get an immediate title shot because T.J. Dillashaw and John Lineker, the Hands of Stone, still have to fight, and he, they, and the winner of that will fight Dominic Cruz or Garbrandt for that belt. So I think Jimmy is two fights away from finally getting that shot at the belt. Yeah, he's not going to get there
1: immediately, but he will be considered after this fight.
0: We will get to Conor McGregor's dropping the belt. Most likely next week, but just initial thoughts on it. You know what? It could have been done.
1: Him fighting at uh, Featherweight?
0: Both. Right. He could, It could have been done, but he needed to stay active. He, His girlfriend is pregnant with his have first child. Yep. He wants to take a break until May, which is fine. But at some point, you know what? All these fighters have been in limbo. You've held up the division for over a year. Now, you know what? It, it it was just time. By the way, with Daniel Cormier pulling out, the main event of UFC 206, Max Holloway and Anthony Showtime Pettis for the interim belt. The winner of that will fight Jose Aldo, and Jose Aldo now has regained his featherweight championship of the world despite not having technically won it. And one last note... Um, Just for technical purposes, UFC was supposed to have a pay-per-view in Anaheim, UFC 208 in January. That is scrapped, so now the Barclays Center pay-per-view is no longer UFC 209. It's 208. But UFC 208.
1: So now it gets even closer to us trying to get credentials (laughs) for that one. Well, technically not closer by a date,
0: but just from a (laughs) numerical sense. Yes,
1: so now they're even less separated, Madison Square Garden and Barkley Center for and the pay-per-views. With that, that will do it for our comeback show of You want to actually uh, you want to get one more thing in? What what do you have for me? What do you think? You want I thought you said before we went on air that you were going to give me your opinion on this. Roy Jones, oh our my. beloved HBO commentator will be stepping back in the ring.
0: You know what? If he wants to fight, God bless him. You know what? He is an independent contractor. He he's a man who loves to fight. That's all he knows. And you know what? If he wants to fight a bum, God bless him. Honestly, I don't I don't care if Roy fights again. Will I watch? No, I don't. But I don't think it's a disgrace at all to the sport of boxing, as some people do. Because you know what? He's a free he he's it's a free country.
1: Yeah, it, I you guess- don't have to watch. Yeah, no, I, I, I won't. I just Roy Jones is a legend. It's, it's oh in the sport gosh. of boxing. Of he's a legend. Do you feel in a way he's a little bit tarnishing his legacy no. by fighting this guy no. who's forty-two, journeyman, lost his last three fights, hasn't fought professionally in three years. No, it's just, why his does...
0: legacy is intact. He could lose twenty fights in a row, and his legacy is as intact.
1: I guess it's, it's hard for guys To walk away after doing it for so many years He just doesn't need By the way the same
0: goes for Bernard Hopkins, Hopkins The team, very yes. same goes for Bernard Hopkins Going with
1: a new trainer in his uh, last fight
0: And now With that That will do it For our comeback edition of The Pound for Pound podcast For my good partner The voice of God Tom Tazzulli I am James Cargan We will see you next week But for now, we bid you all adieu.